Welcome to Data Dialogues from Equifax, a podcast about how data-driven insights can power smarter business decisions. Hi, I'm Tricia Gabberty, marketing leader here at Equifax and the host of Data Dialogues, a podcast where we talk with business leaders about all things data. I'm excited to be joined today by our guest, Anthony Mavromatis, Vice President of Customer Marketing Analytics and Data Science for American Express. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you. Great to be here. Oh, we're glad to have you. So this is our first podcast under the Data Dialogues flag, and today we'll be speaking about personalization. But before we get there, can you just share a bit about your background and your role at American Express? Sure. I've, I've been, uh, um, my background is uh, in uh, data science, uh, but also uh, I bring a business uh, lens to it, but very much on the applied data science side. I've been with American Express now for uh, over 16 years in a variety of roles across uh, different businesses. Uh, and more recently, managing the customer data science uh, across channels um, and for the consumer business. To begin, how do you define personalization as it relates to your organization's marketing? I, I think that um, defining personalization is is very much contextual. Um, it, it has to be contextual to the brand and its mission. I, I don't believe that there is necessarily uh, a universal answer to this question. Uh, so for American Express, uh, our mission has always been to deliver world-class customer service. And personalization, in, in a way, is, is our way of continuing to anticipate and meet the needs uh, of, of, of our customers to deliver uh, that experience. So personalization in that context means uh, showing our customers we know them, we understand them, and and ultimately we have their backs uh, in, in in every interaction. I mean, I love uh, hearing when people find out I work for American Express. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a mm-hmm. great story of how American Express came through when they needed them, um, either anticipated their need or was there when they needed them. And so um, that's the type of history that we want to project out into the future as we look to a much more digital uh, space. Um, and frankly, where uh, expectations of, of us being able to deliver those exceptional moments um, uh, is, you know, the bar is only, uh, is only higher, I, I would say. So, Anthony, as a consumer and a, a proud cardholder of American Express, I myself have noticed the progress that American Express has made in, in the space of personalization. And it's a hot topic. There are a lot of companies out there that, that aspire to that holy grail of the ultimate customer experience across an omni-channel world. Can you share a little bit about the journey that you and your team took to and, and continue to take to to bring that experience um, again into a more one-on-one dialogue and and making it relevant and you know having the proper cadence and uh, resonance with your customers? The starting point was definitely a, a place where a lot of some things worked, um, but a lot of things uh, didn't. And I quickly was overwhelmed with different platforms, different solutions, mm-hmm. different implementations. And, and I think that's the case in a lot of companies with a lot of legacy platforms that kind of built up over time. And, and that's where we, you know, we push the issue working across product, uh, uh, not just data science, so across product technology and, and marketing partners to say, let's take a pause here be, and, and think f- forward and say, what is it 
uh, you know, this digital world is coming at us very quickly. We have a lot more touch points. Uh, expectations are, are are very high. What do we want to do in terms of delivering uh, that experience that we talked about, that world-class service? What do we need from a personalization capability perspective uh, to be able to do that? And that led to a lot of, um, how should I describe them, very lively sessions, uh, but in also many ways, very liberating sessions. And uh, once you, you remove the constraints of the moment and say, no, no, really, what do we want to do? Uh, and we also quickly realized that this vision was going to require multiple years of, of investment in a very disciplined uh, manner. And you know, very few companies, uh, I have to say, uh, have the stamina necessarily to and grit to say this is a long-term transformation. We're going to stick with it. We like the vision, and uh, we know we're, go- we're going to we're going to keep focus on that. Um, so I think that's uh, that's kind of the genesis there. And uh, you know, if we fast forward now to almost uh, three years to the day, actually in September, um, we we have uh, a single capability. We branded it Orchestra as an orchestrating uh, across uh, content channels um, and experiences um, that operates, uh, at least in the U.S., uh, in an omni-channel perspective. So the key things I'm hearing out of this are, number one, that collaboration, right? So getting the, the walls of the silos torn down so that you are walking, work, working across the enterprise, right, to get that partnership. And it's an all-for-one, one-for-all type of proposition in order to ultimately keep the the customer first and foremost. And it sounds like you were successful in doing that. So, Anthony, tell me a little bit more about Orchestra. What what does it do? What's unique about it? So, Orchestra is is our centralized uh, solution for delivering on our our personalization vision in line with the company uh, vision and goals uh, of delivering a world-class service. Orchestra powers in real time in a channel agnostic manner um, and at scale. The, the classic questions of, of, of what, how, when, and why, all, all these decisions in a way that optimize for the same uh, objective function or KPIs, if you want. The, the most important piece, at least from a business perspective and from a customer experience perspective, is ensuring the same experience irrespective of where and when the customer is interacting uh, with us. And um, organizationally and also uh, tactically, what that means is that, uh, just bringing a bit of the data science part of it, is that you, you, you're, every touch point has the same objective function or group of, of key performance indicators or KPIs that you're always monitoring and trying to optimize for. And I think um, one of the smart things uh, we were able to to do, uh, we didn't maybe even realize it at that point, is make sure that we focus on that first and get alignment across the organization all the way up to the CEO on this is what we think is going to deliver uh, the experience that we want. Uh, The next order of business is how do you execute that uh, in a flawless manner? How do you execute that in a customer-centric manner? Um, how do you do that in a way that's um, super uh, rapid? Uh, and I think this recent environment has, has showed the importance of being able to evolve rapidly with the, the changing uh, needs of our customers. So one of the couple of the characteristics of, of orchestra is 
we use all the data of our closed loop, all the interactions, irrespective of whether you were on the phone recently or just uh, just got off your mobile app. Every decision uses the full power of that uh, information to inform the next best decision. So that's that's the first uh, piece, and it, we do that again with the same objective function. So we're, we're constantly trying to make sure that we deliver the same kind of experience uh, and optimize for that um, for that experience. And uh, tactically, we use a centralized engine, um, machine learning engine, to to do that, irrespective of channel and touchpoint. That's coupled with um, very powerful experimentation. I can't I can't stress how important um, building in experimentation. Personalization has very different layers of experimentation. You might be willing to 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 try different language that's more relevant, different creative. You might want to have different content, different incentives. You can have different uh, design of the 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 page, uh, the web page, as an example. So there there are multiple layers of that, and being able to to evolve those so that you engage um, the, your customers with the right content, the right time is is critical. So I would say that I think is is the the second most important piece. Um, right. It's it's uh, always a I'm test positive. and learn. Right. At the end of the day, it's it's always you can never get close enough to your customer or understand them. You, you right. Really without can't. this test and, and learn. And I guess I just you know you mentioned about different channels, different goals, and even now when you're talking about through orchestra and having that customer mapping where you can tell that I've called your call center or I, you know, I, I chatted with your chat bot, et cetera, to be able to pull those different touch points together in order to better serve me um, is, is a constant, right. Configuring of the data, reading the data, using that data to, to, to guide and inform to your point, the messaging ad placement, et cetera. So is that, am I getting that right? And, and that's how you're optimizing along with the, the machine learning and um, any advanced analytics. Is that how you're, I think that's you're a, leveraging those to help build your marketing to get to a better place? I, I think you hit it nail on the head there. I, you know, as a, uh, as a data scientist, um, and I've seen this happen to my fellow data scientists as well, like there's, there's always the risk of like, well, we need the latest uh, and the greatest and so on. But really what it comes down to is uh, the latest and greatest is nothing without, first of all, uh, we talked about the the, the same vision and, and KPIs that deliver the experience, but also more importantly, the data like a, uh, and, and, and the, the accompanying business rules. To, to your point, bringing, just bringing the data together um, is, is critical from the customer's perspective because when 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 the customer thinks about their interactions, they don't think about it, oh, well, I talked to American Express, but it's American Express on the web, so I wouldn't expect them to necessarily uh, do something different now that I'm logged into the mobile app or something uh, along those lines. Um, they think of American Express as American Express. They don't think about it as in terms of a channel. So it's super important that we we match that view and match that expectation and, and, and central to that is making sure that um, in real time uh, you have as much of the information that you can on the latest interactions, but also the history. What is, what is the customer's uh, preferences? What can, can we infer and learn um, to, to meet uh, their specific needs? And guess what? Uh, customers expect that. Well, you know, we hear over and over that um, customers tell us, look, you, you, American Express, I, I'm a very loyal customer. Like, you should know me. 
Mm-hmm. And I take that responsibility uh, very seriously. Like we should know them, we should uh, recognize them. And my job is how do I how do I bring that to life uh, across uh, the the what seems to be multiplying channels these days. Mm-hmm. This is this is really great stuff, and and the the data geek in me is coming out. Um, so I have a couple of questions. One is just from the marketer's perspective, right? It sounds like American Express is is, is truly immersed in layering in and looking at every facet of the consumer experience through all the inputs that you have, right? All of the data inputs that you have um, to, to understand their behavior, their desires, their needs, et cetera. Um, and yet many marketers sort of overlook that. Can you just t- spend a, you know, a minute just talking about the importance of studying those inputs and really layering them on and making sure that you're you're building towards a composite profile of your customer to best you know, to best ex- uh, service them versus kind of making too many inferences off the top and, and maybe heading in, in the wrong direction. Yeah, I, we didn't talk too much about the importance of, of um, empowering the marketer, mm-hmm. but I think that is a, a, a really important point. And early on in the process, there was uh, what I noticed, at least, a lot of uh, both decisions, but also, as an example, uh, self-limiting uh, situations. And uh, so, a marketer would come and say, "Like, I, I would really like to be able to do five uh, of these tests, as an example." Or, I, "I'm not sure what would resonate more with our customers in this particular segment, but uh, we can only do one, or we can only do one at a time." And so. In many ways, what we've um, what we've been able to do now is to almost create a a marketer's um, paradise, so to speak, because they have so many more levers mm-hmm. at their disposal today in terms of being able to put their full creativity to work to meet the customer needs, to delight our customers, to imagine treatments, messages, products that will serve them. Mm-hmm. And that you're right, it does sound like a marketer's candy land because to have access to those different levers and to be able to kind of pour through and, and do those tests um, and see what comes back is, is every marketer's dream. You also talked, though, about the consumer. So just going back to a previous mention where you said, you know, I spoke to the call center or I was on your website and I just think of you as the entity of American Express. But with that, you know, and that whole expectation by the consumer of personalization, and and you you knowing me right so giving the netflix example you should know what what shows to to um serve up next or you know american express should know what offers uh, because i shop here they should you know anticipate and, and send me the offers that make sense to me however there's also that consumer desire for privacy so how do you balance that one-to-one dialogue and relationship that you want and need to build with your customer all under the guise of, of privacy and governance around my my data so th- that is a, um, a a topic that's for first and foremost uh, in every decision that we make uh, in particular as it relates I would say to the brand I mean the the expectations uh, and part of the brand history and appeal is um, there's a lot of comfort and in, in knowing that uh, American Express uh, protects uh, your privacy. Um, and is very, very diligent about that. And I see that uh, uh, practically every day in terms of some of the decisions. And there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, we talk regularly about digital empathy. Um, so 
how do we strike the right balance of infusing uh, a customer experience that we um, you know, we know what they they might be looking for, what they need, uh, but at the same time uh, making sure that we are following some of the the hard rules. Yeah, I love that phrase, digital empathy. I think that that plays out very well. Recognizing the consumer, their their wants, their needs, their behaviors, but balancing, as you said, with the need for privacy and the protection of my privacy in terms of um, my data. So in this conversation, you've defined the importance and what personalization means at American Express. It's basically in your your value prop, right, as an organization um, to have that one-on-one relationship with the consumer. You talked about coming together, uh, you know, kind of across the aisles, if you will, with product and marketing and tech to pull together and and um, be a united team to develop the orchestra platform. Talked about machine learning, the importance of having data guide and inform um, some of the decisions and some of the tests, and then balancing it out with the privacy piece. If you were to sit with another marketer who was about to embark on a, you know, or, or upgrade, boost their personalization journey within their own organization, what have you learned on the journey so far? What advice would you give to others that were looking to embark on such a journey? I think there's a lot of, uh, definitely we've had a lot of learnings over the last three years. I, I would say a couple of things come to mind as I think, as I look back. I would say the first and foremost is getting, uh, we talked a lot about the the KPIs and objective function, getting that alignment, I think, on the vision of um, what is the experience that we want to be able to deliver. In order to do that, you have to have uh, what I uh, call the the tripod uh, of your product teams aligned, your data science team aligned, and your in your technology team aligned. That that team has to be super super uh, tight and and coalesced. Mm-hmm. I think the second piece would be um, recognize that it's not going to be an overnight. Uh, it, it's going to be a multi year journey. Um, so as you map that out, have that discipline of okay, how do we start? Where do we start? And focus on some early wins. I think one of the things that helped helped us a lot was was delivering, going first to the areas that are going to give us the biggest bang for the buck, so to speak. Because you are going to mm-hmm. talk about an investment, whether it be in people, technology, or or capabilities more generally. So taking those that that roadmap in a way that you have milestones that check in, right? And say this: We are getting a return. We are getting higher engagement. We are getting the the ROI that we that we expect. Uh, we know we did only one tenth, but in this one tenth, we're able to show success. That's super um, super important, I think, to to do that. And uh, finally, I, I think having the right uh, people, the people that are excited and passionate uh, about uh, the ultimate goal. Uh, in our case, it was making sure that we. We bring the the brand to life in this digital space to deliver world class experiences, uh, and I'm not going to suggest that you know this is something you can achieve. Like I, 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 this is an ongoing journey for us. We've obviously reached a big milestone in terms of replacing all the legacy systems, but the journey is ongoing. And recognizing that you have to to be set up with a discipline to keep evolving, uh, to keep meeting your customers' needs. Those are probably the the, the mm-hmm. key pieces of uh, of advice I would give. Right, and and they're great. And it's funny you said it. Oh, looking back three years, when really when you think about something like this, three years doesn't sound like a long time. It does at the beginning because you're sort of impatient to want to see that 
achievement. Um, yet to your point, you, um, just to recap, you aligned around the measures of success, what those metrics would look like. You recognized it as being a multi-year initiative and, you know, with, with kind of defined milestones. I think it's great that you talked about celebrating even small wins. Uh, I think that's important for your executive sponsors to see that, yes, we're, we're still trending in the right direction, as well as to continue to keep the morale and passion growing um, among the team. And then, as you said, with the people, I think walking in with that right passion and vision, as you've described, is is really the engine that keeps it going. You know, we've done a lot of talk about the journey from the inside out and wanting to meet that consumer need. Just curious about the consumer in, right, and that voice of the customer. And how heavily do you rely on sort of the data inputs from that to, so to kind of take that, your that, cue, right? That's that's the topic of a live of lively debate. Um, you <laughs> know, if I put my data scientist hat on, um, I would love for customers to um, to you know, to as an example say, I, I this this product is super relevant for me. You know, maybe not right now, but just come back to me or something mm-hmm. in a month. So we we. Always talk about the tension between implicit and explicit feedback. The reality is that the vast majority of what we we do today, uh, and I believe most companies to do, is is implicit. Uh, so we observe you. We you might have a, a message that shows up on on you know in one of your web web experiences. You know, few uh, some of the times you can give explicit feedback for, but the majority of time it, it isn't so we try to be as real time and as mm-hmm. impression level based as possible but i i think that is definitely one place that i'm passionate about pushing my my uh, my partners on is um how do we get more how do we tilt the balance a bit more as we look forward to to get gathering explicit uh, feedback uh, for those customers that want to do that um, mm-hmm. And but you know we talked a bit about Amex offers as a, g- a great example. Uh, some some people might want to specify or say, I, "Man, I really like this this brand." Um, next time that comes up again, as an example, definitely definitely put it in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. Now, not a lot, a lot of customers will necessarily do that, but uh, in our in our quest. To, to, to be as relevant um, and deliver that world-class experience, uh, that uh, would definitely be something we want to, to experiment with at the very least. So learning to really read those signals and, 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 and giving the customer the opportunity to, to have that um, option to send that signal, right, so that, yes. you, that you can re- react to it. Okay, Anthony, this was great. I really appreciate your time. Uh, it was interesting to take the walk through your journey with you and hear about all of the background work and thinking and data and alignment and, and collaboration that that has gone into uh, your personalization initiative. And it's exciting to not only hear about it, but be able to experience it from the outside in as a consumer. And we'll continue to look for great things from American Express. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Data Dialogues from Equifax. If you like what you heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button to be notified of future episodes and leave us a review. To keep our legal team happy, we'd like to remind you that nothing in this podcast is legal advice, and we recommend to always consult with your own legal representative to ensure your data use is handled properly. Also, the opinions and views expressed in the podcast are not intended as hard facts and advice. They're also not necessarily the views of Equifax.